Fuck pain, fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. From the multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. Tonight, Rich and Bellelli start off February right with a string of stream-of-conscious mini-rants, including, upon hearing, you're beginning to scare me, Bellelli learns that he may be a miserable failure at small talk, the amazing, naturally-occurring zen of Savannah, no babies in the bar, even for Mongolian folk metal band Tanger Cavalry. And there's a brand new brown belt in jiu-jitsu in our midst. Here we go! And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle figure of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind for the Drunken Dallas Podcast begins now. Welcome back, everybody, to another fine episode of the Drunken Dallas Podcast, episode 149. It's a Rich and Bolelli episode on a sunny, rain-free day here in Southern California. Across from me since Mr. Daniele Bolelli. Welcome, hello. Not bad. Welcome, you guys, to episode 149, ready to play. Yes. Uh, let's say a quick thanks to the people who have been sponsoring us, which is always sweet. Onnit.com, O-N-N-I-T. Um, sweet guys who have been giving us their products, which include anything from exercise equipment to Alpha Brain to you name it. I've been consuming Alpha Brain quite a bit lately as my energy was extra low. And I get that wake up moment where I'm like, okay, that hits the spot. So I dig it a lot. And, you know, everything else. So check out the Onnit website. There's a link in the episode notes at the Drunken Taoist. Um, what's our website? It's thedrunkentaoist.com. There's no podcast, just thedrunkentaoist.com. In the episode notes, there's the links. That you get an automatic discount on certain Onnit products, which is never a bad thing. What a deal. Same thing goes for short design t-shirts with the coolest t-shirts on the planet. Link is in the episode notes. And also the same goes for Datsusara at DS Gear. Actually, I don't think there's a discount there, but there is a link to dsgear.com for all kind of amazing hemp gear. Hemp for victory. Few thanks also, quick shout outs to the sweet folks at Snow Roast Coffee. I'll, um, they sent me some coffee, it was fairly awesome. I'll, um, if Savannah hasn't drunk it all, I'll try to get you some, but she's uh, she was a big fan, so I'm not entirely sure. I don't want to interrupt the, champ, the champ's training at all, so it's a part of the ritual. And these guys at snowroast.com and use the code TAO, T-A-O, number 18, for a discount. Excellent. We got, uh, where are these folks? These folks sent us some meat, always appreciated, grasslandbeef.com. Again, grasslandbeef.com. If you do it, I mean, if you're a vegetarian, clearly that doesn't apply to you, but if you do eat meat, check them out because they have really good deals on high-quality meat. So check them out, grasslandbeef.com. Uh, well, so we should, oh, I should mention the plan right now is for um, spring 2020, to do, uh, I should be part of this tour in southern Italy, visiting gladiatorial site uh, in between Naples and Rome. This is geeknationtours.com. Again, geeknationtours.com. There's, uh, you can ask them. They have a web page set up. I'll try to put a link in the episode notes about if you wanna hang out in Italy. How long is, is that tour? I believe it's like about 10 a days? week. No, I think it's less. I think it's about a week, but I'll check. Um, Will there be time for drinking wine? Oh, there's always, here in Italy, Jesus. Yeah, just making on. sure. Of I course. Too much studying. There's always time for drinking wine. <laughs> And of course, last but not least, a quick thank you to NeverTapGear.com, who has out there uh, Savannah's amazing Tomoe Gods and Rush Guard, plus some braces for knee braces, elbow pads, things like that for working Do out. they have back braces? Sadly not. I need it because my back is fucked up right now. But <laughs> the, um, on that note... Oh, Kiva.org, man. Over $115,000 in loans paid out to your fellow listeners. The 212, 14, 16 of them that are 
joining us. Come on in. Join. $25 helps you fund a loan to anybody you like, anybody in the world for any sort of purpose. It's pretty awesome. Come on and check it out. Join the Team Drunken Taoist. And clearly, if you buy on Amazon, you know there's a Amazon link. That's always appreciated. Cool. Having said that, let's jump into our episode. in a row a tiny little bible story yeah this one the other one was a real deal this Golden is micro those uh, donkey dicks was great oh and just to share i may have an actual translation from the original hebrew scrolls of the ezekiel uh passages please share it when you when I you hope get it comes them through. it's an older cat in. but uh he seems to be down with the handing us off because he gets pretty tickled by some of these crazy king james things himself so there may be a whole list of them to explore that evil unbeliever who's our listener, Maurizio Mezzatesta, oh, tries no. to stamp me with this annoying statistic that he brings up that I don't know what to make of it. He tells me that supposedly he has counted by going through the Holy Scriptures and tell me that throughout the entirety of the Holy Scriptures, Satan shows up to only kill 10 people. Yeah. And God is supposed to kill millions. 40, and, 50, 60, depending and, on the population of the earth as he smites it from the existence. Yeah, yeah. And this, I'm supposed that in his uh, Ethan unbeliever head is supposed to make the good folks uh, trust less into the holiness of the holy book. But clearly there must be a justification. You know, when Satan does it, he's an asshole. When God does it, it's because he loves us. So... It's uh, it's all an evil attempt to confuse the truth with fake news. I've heard some of this fake news myself along the way, and I think the, the, the even crazier caveat that you can add to that is that Satan's killings were at God's request. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot the one. Yes, that's true. Yeah, it's a little complicated. So who will take uh, care of the head of your needle when he doesn't do it unless someone pushes him you know, to take care of business? Yeah, Forget yeah, about yeah. it. Poor Satan. He's I got know, uh, a bad rap. Did you see, uh, who was it who thanked Satan for helping him portray Dick Cheney better? Oh, uh, Batman himself, uh, Christian Bale. Oh, yeah, yeah, How yeah. hilarious was that? That was pretty funny. Yeah. That I'll tell you what. It, just that forever, the guy that can shoot somebody in the face and have that fellow apologize to him for having his face in the way of his gun. Yeah. That is some Dark Lord shit right there. Yeah, Dick Cheney is something else. And, who, how uh, many 72-year-olds get new hearts? Yeah, I know. It's Certainly like, there was a 32-year-old mother that could probably use that heart for a bit. But, you know, no, some of it is still kicking. Yeah. That's, that also, I enjoy the people who clearly don't give a crap about pleasing every, like, how do you go out and thank Satan for helping you portray oh Dick Chen? That's God. like a genius move of the ultimate, I don't give a fuck what people think. It was hilarious. It's pretty funny. Yeah. So, he seems to be all right, fella. Props to him. Cool. <laughs> On that note, our micro Bible is a wrap. version yes a christmas themed isabella Ooh. moment she 
had been telling me forever how she wanted to see snow for Christmas. And so going up to Big Bear at the top of the mountain was a good bet for that. And, you know, she saw snow because they shoot fake snow on the slopes, but that's not quite the real deal, right? I thought you were talking about the guy down on 40th Street. He'll, he'll get you some snow for Christmas. She's, she's but that's not quite different. there. Okay. Yes, she's not quite into Thank goodness. The, yes, um, I'm fairly appreciative of that. But you guys got real snow up there, didn't you? Didn't yeah, you? it is what happened. And, of course, it all because of me. So let me tell you exactly why it's snowed exactly on Christmas. It didn't snow one day before, but it snowed on Christmas. Then it didn't snow, then it was snowed again for New Year's Eve. Very well timed. And that was my handiwork. This is what happened. I realized that, you know, nothing was going to happen. So I had to take things into my own hand. So after dinner, I excused myself, slipped out the door and made my way into the forest Climb to the highest peak in the land to have a one-on-one with Ymir, the frost giant who's responsible for either sending or withholding snow from mere mortals. Wow. Now, uh, is there one for every mountain, or does he handle them all? Ymir is the man. He, he He's the guy in... Uh, where does he come from? He's in uh, Robert E. Howard's story, The Frost Giant's Daughter. Uh, that's where Ymir... So he wasn't like the SoCal snow guy. He's no, responsible he's for all, so he's well acquainted he's with that. He's in Scandinavia, snow. he's out here, he's omnipresent, right? And and how did he uh, accept your presence? Well, Ymir is an asshole, let's just say it for what it is. So he's a cranky old nasty god who's pretty much an asshole. So he refused to grant me an audience, which I did not appreciate. So you found him a little cold. You I can say it. that. I said it. You did. That was very well timed. Now, since he's not a big believer in playing fair, Emir sent his gigantic twin sons to slay me. They are this humongous giant with axes. So we had our, not one-on-one in this case, one-on-two, our little struggle where after coursey swinging axes, punching giants in the balls i left them crampled down onto the floor and i but emir had one more trick up his sleeves knowing that i have a weakness for female beauty he sent forward his naked naked daughter atali to distract me with her considerable charms now needless to say that usually would work on me however and with the help of blue chew it would work even better oh work for her however uh I was saved by this evil trick thanks to the fact that witnessing the splendor that is Savannah M on a daily basis made me immune to the allure of naked goddesses. Wow. And so I was like, just that, Ali, get the hell out of here. Yeah, I'm here to do business with you. Second level here. shit. Here. Yeah, what are you let, talking let's about? Let's not even talk about this stuff. So I had a wrestling match with Emir. And, um, you know, he threw a glass of meat in my face because he's a sneaky bastard, tackled me while I was temporarily blinded, squeezing me into his gigantic arms. However, my faithful dog, Azog the Defiler, had followed me up the mountains and he threw his nine pounds of fury into the mix, biting him ear toes. And these caused him ear to get temporarily distracted until I could finally leg lock him on his giant, humongous, frosty legs. And we know how the Bolelli leg lock is. That's game over, folks. So only releasing him once he promised to send snow. And with that, there was Christmas snow. So, you know, I in the night, I started here. It was the 24th night, and I hear my dogs freaking out because they hear violent thundering outside. And I told them, stop freaking out. It's just the frost giant living up to his end of the bargain. Nothing to worry about. And in the morning... Snow for Christmas. How about Perfectly that? Done. So, thank you, thank you. It was a good day of work on in the Bolelli household. How much snow are we talking about? A few good inches? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like crazy, but, but it was still, uh, enough fresh to cover, last. No yes. footprints, brand new. Totally. Enough to last for a week or so. Nice. So, perfect. And just when it was dying out... I paid Emir another visit. Actually, I didn't even have to go through the whole thing. I went to the bottom of the mountain and said, yo, Emir, do we have to go this old, through this whole thing again, or can you just send some more snow? I figured it would have been the weeping of the goddess. Yeah, and Emir was still like, oh, my ankle hurts. Okay, motherfucker, I'll send you some more snow, and that was that. So so send your request for snow yes. to Dibulele. <clears throat> yes. Oh, on that note, I added, in addition to all the other crazy social media things, Twitter, Facebook... Evil Savannah convinced me that I had to open an Instagram account 
I don't know why I did it, but it's there. So in case if you guys are, you hate Facebook and Twitter, but you use Instagram, it exists. If only I remember what my actual name is on Insta, I'm sure it's something Bolelli related. I just... You would think. Uh, you know, what? simple enough. It's Daniele underscore Bolelli. So that keeps it simple. So in case you use Instagram, check it out. Um... Let me so, tell you another Isabella thing. Well, what was oh, her reaction sorry. to the snow? Oh, she was ecstatic. So that's why I was like, totally worth it. You know, wrestling the giants, punching giants in the boat, totally worth the effort. Was it the was. good wet snow that was easy to pack or was it the powdery stuff? Kind of powdery. Yeah, uh, didn't make for a... great snowballs. But still, we had a good snowball fight, even though it was less than perfectly packed. Good enough to play and laugh and chase each other. So Excellent. Uh, shortly before we went up to Big Bear, there was the glorious group. I, we mentioned him on the podcast before, Tanger Cavalry. How did that go? Was they, it great? Yeah. I went to see them holding a wall two miles away from my house. So I was like, okay, I have to go see them. I went by myself. It was, um, and those guys were you know, actually, I was supposed to go with Isabella, and that's why I mentioned it as an Isabella moment. Because, but however, I check, and the venue was twenty-one and over. Even it's, with a fake mustache, you don't think it would have worked? Isabella was like, "Get me a fake ID. Tell the bouncer not to question me too much because I'm a dwarf and I'm very sensitive about my height." <laughs> and uh, you know, she was very convinced that it was gonna work, but I kind of had the feeling that maybe not. So, sadly, Isabella didn't get to witness the glory that is Tanger Cavalry. And they tore it up? Yeah, they are great. It, it was funny because they changed venue at the last minute, so there was pretty much nobody. Because, you know, there was no preparation, no announcements. So it was, it was really bizarre to see a group that's really talented. These guys are awesome. In front of probably 40 people. It was like the tiniest audience I've ever seen for for a concert. Sometimes you just gotta take it as a great uh, pasta. Yeah, no, it worked for me. Great rehearsal. I mean, we are. I was literally like two feet from the stage. The their guitarist, because it was this family atmosphere, just hopped off the stage and just played guitar in the middle of the people, just walking around in the middle of the folks. Was it loud? It's, oh, very, very, very loud. Mongolian metal. It's the way to go. There you have it, folks. Isabella moments times two. Snow and metal. Well, here we are in a fantastic new year, we hope. Must be some ranting that must be done. Yes, and again, our rant section is rant in a very loose kind of way. Sometimes we rant, sometimes it's just random school stories. So it's rant and raves. Yes, more like it. Um, let's start with a couple of uh, the Zen of Savannah Riem. So let's jump into that. The, um, by the way, we switched the name back and forth because... Technically, Savannah's name is Sovannari. That's the Cambodian version. But then sometimes we go to the Savannah version. Sometimes we go to Sovannari. We're switching back and forth. But in any case, the Zen does not switch. So check this out. Let's start with the most punk Zen move of all times. And uh, so, you know how good old Zen master Lin Chi preached that Zen was, Zen was to be found in spontaneity. You know, the famous eat when you're hungry, sleep when you're tired, that kind of thing. If he's right, what I saw on New Year's Eve was one of the most zen things in the history of mankind. In the fresh snow. In the fresh snow outside, inside fire, warmed stuff. 
Savannah at one point looks up, she's yawning, she looks at the clock, she sees that it's 11.54 p.m. Six minutes from now, it's New Year, it's all the, oh, New Year. She goes, I'm sleepy. She goes to sleep. <laughs> well, you know, on the West Coast, we kind of have already been through which three like, time zones. Where, she hasn't so. done any of them. She does not care, right? Yeah, so yeah. The thing is, like, just because the calendar or social convention tell you that you're supposed to celebrate the new year at midnight... I mean, I understand if it was an hour earlier or two hours earlier, I would get it. It's like, oh, you're sleeping. You might have done the extra three minutes to get there. Six minutes. If you brush your teeth twice, you're there at midnight, right? (laughs) It's like you're almost there. She's like, no, don't care. And and the funniest thing is that she didn't do it in like the flashy gesture of, let me show you how unconventional I am, of how rebellious I am. I'm going to do it. She was tired. So she went to sleep. That's it. You know, very quick and to the point. And... Oh, man, I thought that was genius. I, I was laughing my ass off. I'm like, I don't know anybody who would do that. It's, it's when a day of snowboarding will do to you. Right? We're just, I'm tired. I'm done. But um, <laughs> And on another great Zen moment, and again, even though, as far as I know, I, I'm not entirely sure how familiar she is with Zen, but she clearly is familiar in the results. Like people who spend 30 years in a Zen monastery trying to achieve that and fail. But she has it by nature. So in one occasion, stop me if I told you this before. I don't think I have. But in one occasion, she was uh, sparring with a well-known MMA fighter. And um, we won't mention the name for obvious reasons. And at one point, as they were sparring, she hit this lady with an elbow to the body. Not a hard strike. Not and, you know, it's part of the gig. It's like you're not hitting them in the face where you cut them. You're not hitting them hard. It's an elbow to the body, not a big deal. But our well-known fighter flipped out. And she was like, why did you elbow me? Do you want me to elbow you back and crack your skull, bitch? You know, it's like turning it up just a couple of notches, right? A couple of. So I did not react. Did you say, Rhonda, shut just up. Didn't say a word. Just kept rolling and just finished the round. And after the bell, Savannah went up to her and said, uh, you know, since we're throwing knees to the body, I thought elbows to the bodies were fine, but, you know, didn't mean any disrespect. And suddenly, you know, what are you going to do to that? It's like, are you still going to be mad and yell at somebody who just did not react to you flipping out, did not react? So suddenly this other person was like, all the aggression faded away, all the bad intention faded away, and she just didn't know how to react, right? You know, probably every single time in her life when she blew up at somebody, the people react defensively and they feel justified in escalating it and it goes into a nasty fight or something. Clearly she was more than ready for that script. She has gone through it 10,000 times, but she's obviously not have any idea how to respond to Savada's mellow, oh, Okay, I didn't. Th- I thought he was cool, but not disrespect. <laughs> and so a few seconds later, she, this lady turns around and she's like, "He was wrong for me to call you a bitch. I'm sorry. I'm on my period and I'm in a murderous mode. Um, I'm really sorry." And that was that. You know, the lady did a 180, and after that, became super nice to Savannah, and that was it. Right? She even pulled out the red card. That's almost cheating. Well, I mean, Come and, and also, in all fairness, this lady is not just that she was on her period. Like, she had a life that could say rough would be a mild understatement. So I can see how I'm sure anger is never too far from the surface with her because she had a really rough life. Uh, from jail to drugs to all sort of drama growing up in every which way. So, you know, I, I can see the point of this, but still... There, there's a chapter from the Tao Te Ching that say, let me quote it for you, I'll read it. Therefore, the sage fulfills her obligations and corrects her own mistakes. She does what she needs to do and demands nothing of others. Uh, also translated as, because, you know, Tao Te Ching translation can be all over the place from ancient Chinese. Another pretty good one says, after a bitter quarrel, some resentment must usually remain. What can one do about it? Uh, the sage keeps his half of the bargain, but doesn't exact his due. A man of virtue performs his part, but a man without virtue requires others to fulfill their obligations. Which is a pretty cool approach of going, 
I'm gonna play bigger person. I'm not gonna try to play fair or hey, you said this, this wasn't fair. It's like, yeah, so what? You know, it's not gonna help and you're gonna get defensive and so I'm I'm gonna catch you a little extra slack. You know, I'm gonna catch you a little extra slack and give you a chance to uh, without reacting defensively to turn this into a positive interaction. But it's hard, man, because when people push your buttons and they are nasty when it's unfair, yeah. there's something in Generally you that jumps out and it's like, on. hey, man, this is really unfair. That's fucked up. How could you do that? Da, da, da. And of course, it's an ego thing, right? There's that defensiveness that kicks in. That's, But I don't know, man. It's I dig it. I dig this. It's so much easier to solve conflicts without drama when you don't let that ego kick in or don't and, uh, engage yes and sounds very turn the other cheeky in a way yeah and again there's a, clearly there's a line right yeah. because oh, and there are said, you know some... you don't have to take responsibility in no and and i think this is what's cool is that in this way without telling her you need to face what you just did you're an asshole yeah the lady realized it on her own Whereas had you been harsh, they would have put up a wall and they wouldn't have realized anything, right? So in, in some way, very paradoxical because the least you insist on them apologizing, the more this actually happened where they realize, oh shit, it's easy for me to get into a fight who's fighting me. It's not that easy for me to be in a fight with somebody who is not cowering at me, is not being a big wimp, but is also very like to the point. Then they take a look in the mirror and go, oh, shit, maybe I shouldn't have said that, right? So says the Savannah Reed. So seriously, Gone. man. It's like 11.54 going to sleep because she's tired, reacting this way. I, I always told her from the get-go, from when I met her, I was like, man, you're, you're a Zen master. And he's like, I know you probably have no idea even what Zen is, but that doesn't diminish your Zen master equality at all. It's, you have it. And Some folks are naturals. Yeah, I've read every conceivable book on Zen and I'm like not 10% of what you got by nature. So, you know, some people have it. What um, what would be some Italian New Year's traditions? Italian New Year's traditions? Go stab a Sicilian? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, uh, one thing that we did, which was glorious, um, was absolutely perfect winter ritual great when it's cold great these you know speaking of italian is funny right because italy is so fractured in tiny regions yeah that this particular custom i think it exists in a 50 mile radius or something is close like to the alps only close to the alps only in one particular area of the alps because even the other ones i'm like oh yeah we have heard of it but is that foreign thing from like 200 miles away you know it's like <laughs> so this thing is called grolla uh, oh. G-R-O-L-L-A. Uh, man, we need to do it one day. It's awesome. Okay. It's, what is it? <laughs> Grolla is... Uh, the name, by the way, comes from the term for the Holy Grail. Because after sampling it, it... Yes, you need, you need to. <laughs> is, uh, let me show you what a Grolla is. You see that wooden carved thing with an eagle head on top? I do. It seems to have various spouts coming yeah, out of it. Exactly. So what you do with the grolla is you make a mix of... Uh, well, everybody's got their recipes, but the typical thing is you make a mix of espresso coffee, uh, some sugar, a couple of Italian liquors, grappa primarily and something else called genepi, which is, again, a very regional, tiny thing that's hard to find. And in our case, we add the, the Hobbit soundtrack because it seems, you know, it's perfect for when cold and snow is outside and you got the fire going and you have the dwarves from the Hobbit <laughs> humming about their lost treasure. And uh, you fill it in, it gets really hot. You set it on fire because of the alcohol. So all the alcohol catches on fire. You have the cool moment with the flames and then you cover it. The flames are extinguished before you burn off too much alcohol. And then you start downing. It really warms you up, both because of the warm coffee and because of the alcohol content. And that thing. And, and, you know, the ritual of it all, because you're drinking from the same uh, vessel with these different spouts. That's fucking awesome. Is it as it approaches midnight you do it, or you just get your... No, this is a whenever. It's a whenever thing. So, I mean, we turn it into more of a ritual. This is something that people just drink for the hell of it, for fun. But, uh, yeah, that was our... Uh, 
that was our ritual of uh, close to New Year, and that's awesome. Sounds both delightful and dangerous. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I was so drunk. <laughs> I was like, there was way more alcohol than I had anticipated. I didn't calculate very well, and I was like, whoa, this thing hit me hard. It doesn't take much. No, that stuff. And grappa is some really hard stuff. It's... It's intense. When, when I had my journey to Kentucky, I don't know if I talk about any of that, but um, one of the stops was Churchill Downs because they're still racing in November. Right. And uh, they have these, you know, a jigger is what they normally call it to, for the right amount of whiskey to go into a drink. They have their own special ones in Kentucky, being bourbon capital of the universe. Right, of course. So it looks more like the size of like a, a softball. Almost. Right. And they're pouring up mint juleps, of course, because nice. that's the drink. Well, let me tell you, when you got a triple, quadruple shot mint julep and haven't had one in a while... That hits you hard, huh? It'll do the trick. It'll absolutely yeah, do the trick. You can say it, especially if you're on an empty stomach. Oh, yeah. Really clearly we were. It just showed up. So we're soused on that. And somebody may or may not have imported um, apple ring cannabis treats from another state. On top of it all. Why someone would do that and why would, you know, that would... But... If it may have happened. Right. I became so unfocused that I had planned out who was going to win the races and failed to bet oh. a winning ticket. No. Oh. Because the, uh, the You're combo, too drunk. Yeah, just having yeah. too much of a good time. It happens. I went up and tried to bet it afterwards, and the guy says, well, that's a great idea, but that race already run. But yeah. if, if I can squeeze that one through, can I bet with you? <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. That's hilarious. Well, yeah, the alcohol is a fecal beast. That's <sighs> dangerous. Yeah, it can, um, but also can be fun. Oh, yeah. If done the right way, for sure. Moderation, folks. Let me jump into, oh, of course, by the way, in, as far as the winter rituals go, I don't think I even have to say it, but we know how I've spent plenty of hours. Extended version of Hobbit and Lord of the Rings oh, I with pizza. You now, you're even acceptance of The Hobbit, that, that kind of surprises me because I thought it was a letdown. No, I liked it. I, I actually liked it. Just stretching the thing too. That's like eh. eight hours for that tiny little book. I, I'll watch 16 hours of it. It's like Because I love The Lord of the Rings, but yeah. The Hobbit just left me... No, I don't. Except for Azog. I mean, that's definitely. Yeah, he's cool. But no, I I enjoy it. I really think I I enjoy the universe. It's written well. The actor who played Bilbo Baggins was awesome. There are some cool lines. I like the universe. So to me, if you can show me, like, I'll watch five hours of dwarves doing dishes, you know, it's like, I don't care. They're funny. The the Cimmerillion comes out, you'll be off to the theater to check that out. Oddly enough, I enjoy way more the movie. I mean, I loved the books when I was a kid and stuff and even growing up, but I enjoy the movies way more. It's a rare case where I dig uh, a book that I've enjoyed, then I watch the movie and I like the movie better. I don't think that's ever happened. It's always usually the other way around where the book is cooler than the movie. Oh, the movies were so good. But that has a lot to do with it. And amazing. they nailed it over and over again, which seems unable to recapture that magic too. Yeah. yeah another I mean, bomb just over the, the holidays. I hear that they are doing, um, they're going to, I think it was Amazon that is going to do a Lord of the Rings series, a TV series. Yeah. Depending on who's doing it, I mean, again, it can go the Star Wars direction where the originals were amazing and then it's complete crap afterwards. Or it could go Game of Thrones. Or it could go, yeah, so who knows, you know. I'm looking forward to checking it out. I'm never against people trying. You know they're going to do another Dune. Yeah, yeah, I heard. I didn't enjoy the first one, um, I have to say. I watched it when I was really young, so who knows. But I remember being bored. I mean... Yeah, it was confusing, but yeah. uh, I did enjoy it. And over time, and that's another one where I actually read the book afterwards, and then when you saw the movie again, I don't know how. Were well, you you're probably still in Italy when that came yeah, out? Yeah, I was dying. Um, that was um, oh, what the hell, crazy director? Uh, Lean. It was David, David Lynch. Lynch. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was. I don't. There, you know, there's an earlier version. There's a documentary about them trying to make it in the late 60s early 70s and salvador dolly was involved oh that's hilarious oh yeah it was a whole bunch of craziness and uh that's why tons of artwork that was done it's got hr geiger Mm -hmm. did a lot of design work on it the guy who did alien yep and um it just never completely got off the ground but there could have been like a completely wacky version of that and somebody else is taking a whack at it right now why not good to check out the effort yeah um i'm actually 
back to the Lord of the Rings, I'm deeply offended that I haven't received a call directly from Amazon saying you should be the writer of our Lord of the Rings series because God damn it, that's my life mission. It's what I'm here to do. But okay, I'll go cry in my corner. Yeah, give him a call. Perhaps with, they, perhaps the number got mixed up. We grow and uh, all of that. And you mentioned in a different direction. This has been a few good weeks martial arts wise in Ooh. this household. So Isabella is loving Taekwondo with a scary passion. She goes all the time. She's uh, she's funny too because she the other day she got to show off because. Uh, they asked the kids. None of the kids had brought their equipment. So the instructor was like, come on, man. This is... So he had them do push-ups. And it was kind of painful to watch because most of the kids couldn't do a single push-up. They were like falling on their faces and throwing their hips down and doing stuff. Uh, and this was like, it was a scene like from Girl Fight where everybody's trying to do the pull-up and they are dying. And uh, the Aragos band, the lead character, start <laughs> pumping. This was like... How many do you want? Okay, sure, no problem. Which is funny because she's not doing push-ups all the time. You know, she has done them. She learned the technique. She eventually learned how to do them well. But she's not like she's cranking them out every day or something. But for whatever reason, the difference was like night and day. She would just crank at least a dozen perfect push-ups. And most of the kids were dead in the water to start. How are you liking the classes so far? I know it's initially awesome. you were kind of weirded out about how they structured it, but then got to dig it. Awesome. I think they are geniuses in terms of pedagogy with kids. Like, it's perfect for kids. It's like, I never consider Taekwondo a high up on my martial art list, but the way these guys handle kids is perfect intro martial art for kids. It's working out great. It's the gateway martial art. Absolutely. <laughs> then, uh, before they move you to the harder stuff. Yeah, he loves it. She keeps getting promoted because she does crazy. Like she, I mean, her flexibility is ridiculous. She can put her feet behind her head. She can throw kicks basically to my head, which is ridiculous considering that she's a hobbit. And but somehow she can raise her that leg. So she's having a blast. Um, I after like ten thousand years of jujitsu, I actually got a brown belt in jujitsu, which is getting close to black, so that's uh, getting interesting. That's awesome. Congratulations. Jujitsu is a long journey, you know, and in my case it's a very long journey because I never you know, some guys train six days a week, twice a day kind of thing. I always knew that I would my life was never gonna have that as a possibility. So it was always like eh, twice a week, something like that. What's what's the testing on that like? Uh, it depends. It varies from place to place. In this case, there is no testing. It's like you're tapping most of the purple belts. Okay, oh. you're a brown belt. You know, it's like there's no... That seems to make the most sense. Right. It's like you're obviously outgrown the previous level. So sure, you know, you're you're moving up next. So so that was fun. And of course, Savannah with their uh, victory in one championship. That was awesome. I shared so, that with a lot of people over the holidays. Where they, Doesn't take long. Were they dutifully scared? Yeah, because that was they're nuts. respectful at all. That for, was like, oh yeah, dude, a lot of shit. A lot of fun. That, that first knee to the head is just like, yep, she's in this to win it. Yep, she's not messing around. So impressive. Yeah, that was wild. So yeah, good martial arts days out here. So with a normal sort of schedule. Do we see two fights possibly this year? Or I mean, Sav would, love to, Sav would love to have three if at all possible. The problem is it um, it really depends on one, you know, on sure. the organization or what they can give her. And but they, when there's and, something coming for sure. There, yeah, yeah, of course. Have so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But um, you know, hopefully she gets three. That would be the goal. Um, depends who, when, you know, it depends on a lot of things. But is yeah, it all in Guadalajara or they move around? No, they are all over Asia basically. They are anywhere from China, Japan, Thailand, uh, Myanmar, Philippines, Singapore, the entire damn thing. So it's, it's well, great. My passport's in order. So. And oh, Sav is like, I get to see all these countries. <laughs> this is awesome. Someone needs to sell t-shirts. Yeah. No, very exciting. The The only one who was not happy with our martial arts was our Azog the Defiler, our nine-pound dog. Uh, nine-pound being optimistic, by the way. I think. Um, he... We wrapped up, maybe I'll use it as an episode cover. We wrapped up, we wrapped him up in a brown belt. And uh, he, he's hilarious, man. He looked like, once we put it on, his face started dropping progressively and he had this face of ultimate shame. 
my interpretation is that he believes we are making a mockery of the belt system and we are insulting the sacredness of jujitsu by giving him a brown belt because he feels a that deserved one exactly he yeah. feels he hasn't deserved a rank and so before <laughs> slumping into a depression he yelled this is not a mac dojo i want to earn my belt <laughs> but yeah you should have seen his face but he's just like Shame. You guys are messing Don't do with this me. To me. Yes, you guys are. He's funny. He does that with. Um, I mean, I'm not a fan of people putting clothes on dogs. However, when they are that tiny, they freeze to death. Like they are. And so once in a while, in the middle of this door, it's like, dude, we need to put something on you because you're going to freeze. And uh, But when we pull out the leash, he jumps around. He's so excited. And then we pull out the little sweater thing to go on him. And he's like, he runs under the bed to hide. He's like, anything but that. I'll take the cold. I'll freeze to death before I do that. Totally. There may be other dogs out there. Man, there's a meme that's like the funniest thing I've seen in a long time. You see this wolf. It's like 10,000 years ago. You see this wolf. Oh, yes. And he's going like, hey, those humans over there have a warm fire. They have some food. Maybe I've got to go there and see if I can get some. What's the worst that could happen? 10,000 years later, you see this like poodle dressed as a birthday cake. And I'm like, yep, that's the worst that could happen. Yeah, doesn't take long. It's a the, slippery slope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the... So, yeah, don't dress your dogs, I guess. The, even though Azok the Defiler is an Ewok sweater where he's dressed like a little Ewok from Star Wars. He's got the right it's face for it. Totally. It's pretty awesome. It's, I've seen some where they are dressed as T-Rex. They are quite amazing. There's, um, But in any case, in our random stream of consciousness, one thing that I want to mention, one of our listeners, the great Thomas Sumbera, he's... Um, by the way, totally taking a guess how to pronounce your last name. Fellow European, so let me try the Italian way, Sumbera. The, um, Thomas, he has had some pretty hard times as of late, uh, some that I can very much relate. In the middle of all this, he still managed to find a time to send me this amazing handmade knife that he carved. He's the man. So for Thomas, a good reminder, fuck pain, fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life, which is always important to keep it at the forefront of our mind. For, to be carved, what is it made out of? It is it wood? I'll show it to you. Check this out. Wow. Oh, I see. He, um, he made the whole thing. He um, worked on the knife, um, forged it and the whole deal. He put the right kind of wood as a, and then he made even this thing with a oh. feathered dow symbol on top on the scabbard and uh, that is too kind. Yep, and that that's sharp. Yep, it's genius. Excellent work. Yes, thank you, my man. Okay, other stream of consciousness rants. Um, <laughs> this is clear evidence of why I should not be let out of the house and definitely not allowed to take Isabella to parties. Was it trouble? No, it's just that I'm not good at small talk. And, um, you know, weather, baseball, what classes your kids like. And I'm like, don't care, don't care, don't care. <laughs> so I miserably failing at that at one point by attempt a casual conversation with some other parent included me saying that the only acceptable step in case you break your word is to chop off your pinky and offer it as an apology yakuza style uh i mentioned how i'm not in any way shape or form bothered by my students efforts at cheating in class i only mind if they insult my intelligence by doing it poorly but if you do it well enough that it goes under the radar i don't care so that was also probably i, I and i also addressed at one point there was this uh pitbull next door across the fence who sounded like he was trying to hop the fence and kill everybody so because he was loud enough to attract everybody's attention, I started discussing my strategies for tackling the pitbull 
and uh, figuring out, you know, including a detailed explanation of how to avoid being disemboweled by a pit bull attack and using the proper tangle to try to snap the neck of the dog biting you while they are trying to disembowel you, which, by the way, somebody I know actually did. He had a pit bull literally with his teeth in his stomach trying to rip it open and in the middle of it, uh, he went for this move that apparently worked and snapped the dog's neck. Sad, because I like dogs, but at the same time, better than being disemboweled. Absolutely. So in light of all that, afterwards, after seeing the faces of the other parents, I've concluded that miserable failure as a parent. Were there whispers and, sort uh, of gathering around? As they, uh, <laughs> I think a, quote, a literal quote from another parent was like, you're beginning to scare me a bit. And I was like, why? Just because, you know, I'd say that we need to chop your fingers off in case you break your ward or how to stop the neck of a pit bull or how it seems like the regular small talk, you know? Obviously, these were guilty conscience ridden um, dog fighting fans. Yeah, I was, uh, <laughs> I was like, I really cannot talk to other human beings. This is a problem. Well, I don't think that's true at all. I think you do a pretty good job. But yeah, you're right. Especially other parents. So judgmental. Yeah, I... When I look at most parents, it's funny. It's like, I don't want to, I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm not saying I'm better or any. It's just, I have nothing in common some of the time. I'm just well, like. Well, especially like, I'm sure you got a decade on a lot of these folks. Yeah, I'm just, well, not necessarily. So it's, um, no, age the is all over the is, place. The 30-year-olds aren't with 10-year-olds. I guess they're, they're having kids later now. It, all over age the is all over the place. So it doesn't, no, but if anything, it's kind of the opposite. Like, I feel like I'm 12 and most of these people are like great grandparents. If oh, not chronologically, their gotcha. vibe is. Yeah. And I feel like a 12-year-old that I'm just like, you know, the kind of stuff I enjoy. To, I, like, I can talk to the kids a lot better than I can talk to them and not everybody I've actually met some really nice parents at Isabella school some really cool people but so. the stick in the mud fuddy duddies are no fun to be around but the average is very weird and they're not unpleasant people they are nice people but I'm just like I don't know what the fuck to say to you you know I mean or rather I can make it work because I can talk to anybody but I suffer, I die a little inside in doing that, you know, I'm just so bored <laughs> that it's not even funny. But if I'm not bored and if I talk about stuff that I actually do enjoy, then the conversation is going to get awkward really fast. Azog the Defiler is looking quite fierce right now. Yeah. Sits in Bellelli's lap with his little chin on the table. You know, I look at his head and I'm just like, if you take out all the fur mm -hmm. and you take out the bones, I think the brain matter is about three grams so sometimes when he acts like an idiot which is most of the time i have to think like okay you're doing the best with what your nature gave you you know he seems to ride on his heart quite a bit too yeah. so no he's awesome Azog the defiler is a great dog and also i'm thankful to savannah and isabella for one of the greatest names in dog history yeah, it really fits the animal quite perfectly. Yeah, we were watching The Hobbit. And well, we, the same color. Yeah, we kept yelling at him of like, stop killing the dwarves. They are nice. Don't, it's all your fault. <laughs> he was like, what are you guys talking about? Leave me alone. I'm just trying to look for a place to hide my sweater so I don't have to wear it again. Yes, exactly. Poor Azog. So in any case, on that note, I think now that we have established that I should never be let out of the house to interact with other humans... I think I think I will have to follow through with that advice. Well, we'll just give you a temporarily reprieve so we see if we can work on it. Yeah, good deal. Speaking of animals with not much matter, have you seen how long owls' legs are? No. If you were to take the, the feathers and pull them up, they have these two, they almost look like ostriches. Really? Underneath all that feather. Super long. Uh, Super thin, long uh, legs, yeah. thin. Apparently, owls are 90% feather and 10% owl. I'm sure those close, though. Oh, yeah. They are no there is an owl out here almost every night that I hear. And in fact, uh, despite the fact that Azog thinks he's the greatest dog in the universe and the massive, fierce warrior, I do get the feeling that any hawk or owl around here would see him say, that's a Morsel. big rabbit mm. and just take it. So I don't really let him out on his own too much because I'm like, yeah, you're going to get eaten in three minutes, man. If it's not a coyote, it's an owl. If it's not an owl, it's a hawk. There's way too much stuff. Oh, but here is a dog story for you. So 
as a good fighter, yes, he's probably not the greatest guard dog ever because he's going to lick you to death if he sees you. He doesn't seem to bark uh, much at all. He barks mainly at the squirrels who are his natural enemies and he hates them. So he's always <laughs> yelling at the squirrels. But uh, no, check this out. While I was away in Big Bear, um, classic holiday thing. So somebody tried to break into my house. Here. You know, yeah, because, you know, they know what's up. So funny enough, my mom was here because uh, she was um, she getting another fight there are two houses on this property and my house my mom lives close by this was actually originally her property and then we built next to her so my daughter could have uh, her grandma clothes and all of that right so my mom was here and uh, she had locked the gate so this guy clearly parked the car right next to the fence climbed the car hopped the fence hopped inside the yard and my mom's dog was a little more than nine pounds. He's a yeah. German shepherd slash something else. Sweet. He's nice, but not to enemies. He heard something, so flipped out at 3 a.m., woke up my mom. My mom realized something is going on, and he just wanted to go. He really was ready. So my mom just barely started cracking the door open, and the dog just takes off, right? And my mom sees the, you know, it's pitch black, it's 3 a.m., but she, she clearly sees the shape of somebody walking in the middle of the yard, trying to go toward my house. And my mom's dog chasing this dude who like, does the fastest 20 yards in the history of mankind. I bet. the fence before my dog rips him apart. And, uh, but he earned a stake the next day after that he was like well done my man that was good guard or duty that's exactly what you are supposed to do <laughs> but um but yeah man that was a badass dog moment saves the day yeah yeah that dog is you know he's not the dog you want to have you bite you no his, his bark is pretty ferocious alone and it's friendly when you kind of roll up in the daytime but i wouldn't want that coming out especially yeah. Reared up and out the door. Can you imagine? It's like 3 a.m. You're trying to steal from somebody's house. Uh, this giant beast start going after you at top speed, just dying to put its fangs through your skin. Oh. That would uh, that would get your heart pumping a little bit. I'm trying to find the other cheek for that gentleman, but uh, I'm not finding it right now. Yeah, I hate that shit. Because to me, it's like if you rob... Um, corporations you know you're a hacker and you transfer five million dollars into your account fine you are you know just dealing on a corporate level yeah don't mind that much i'm starting to emulate some of your whole food yeah it's like you know you want to be robin hood i'm cool with it but robin hood requires that you're taking and i don't even dig the whole take for the rich to give it to the poor is not take to from a rich individual because from individuals it still sucks you know you you're kind of an asshole if you take from a person i wouldn't take 10 a cent from a person but you know corporations is a whole different story but um but yeah i hate that shit you know from bicycle thieves to people who break into houses to steal from you it's like fucked up because you do make People feel violated. You do make people feel it, it's pretty awful. So I kind of wish my dog had got a little tasty morsel at 3 a.m. That would have been a good move. Yeah, but then he would probably would have sued you. And there's probably some law that if yeah, your yeah. dog bites him on your property, it's still your fault. There's always some crazy. It's better off that he just left and knows not to come yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. That's probably a better approach. I saw some craziness. It looks like Sears is about to go out of business. I saw that. But still enough money to pay the execs bonuses. Really? No, of course. That's just you're gonna you're gonna lay off forty thousand people and you're gonna pay these guys bonuses? Of course. That's that's, that's criminality. That's right usually there. how it works. Yeah. But this is this is kind of lovely. We're not digging into anything too terrible at all. No. There's plenty of time for that. I'm sure twenty nineteen is gonna be an interesting year, I feel certain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, things have been bizarre. I mean, the the rise in ultra authoritarian figures around the world is um, say something about the state of the human psychology in this phase of the twenty first century. And many tenuous uh, conditions all over the place. And when you look at the tiny little tripwire that set World War One off. Yep. It really wouldn't take much, would it? I mean, people are scared, clearly. People are scared. Things are changing incredibly fast. Technology is changing our lives every five years in ways that are hard to recognize. Yeah. Um, some of it is amazing. 
but also people are scared because it's too fast for their mind to keep up with. So it's uh, they crave the authoritarian person who tell them how to live their life and tell them that everything is gonna be okay. Just follow. Which is fine the, until you disagree. Yeah, of course. Oh, speaking of which, I think I want to. I found uh, I was reading this um, history book about uh, fascism, uh-huh. and uh, I realized I have a bestseller on my hands because there are. I was looking at some of the old fascist slogans, and uh, half of them, if they don't tell you that you know the next line is Mussolini is always right and uh, that kind of stuff, half of them are what makes most motivational books that are you know the self-help books that are popular these days. So you have all the new Tony Robbins books figured out. Yeah, there's. Uh, I'll read you some. Let's see. Uh, there are there are neither large nor small things. There is only duty. Uh, discipline is not only a virtue of the soldier in the ranks. It must be a habit every day and in every situation. Another one. Divide your time so that work is leisure and play is work. Why? Who disagree with that? That sure sounds great. Who said that? Uh, that would be the Decalogue of the Fascist Militiaman, 1942. Oh. And another one is the Decalogue of the Young Fascist, 1936. In another one, learn to suffer without crying out, to do more than you're asked to, and to serve without expecting the rewards. It all sounds very legit, right? That's Jordan Peterson, isn't it? Well, basically, right? But it's like... <laughs> It's like, you know, some of this stuff is totally like, yeah, of course, why not? Uh, of course, again, the next line is, Mus- literally there was one where the next line is Mussolini is always right, which I thought was brilliant. Wow. And like the enemies of fascism must be squashed without pity and, you know, that kind of stuff. So I was like, holy shit. But if we just keep those parts, don't mention the titles, I can repackage all this stuff in a discipline-driven self-help book. Or at least a nice pamphlet you can hand around, you know. Yeah, but you know, that's how most <laughs> books are today. You have like three pages of content and you repeat it for like 300. And uh, so intellectual dark web, here I come. Here it comes. I'm ready. I think the thing that worries me the most of all, the well, there's so many things to worry about, but the loss of unions. Yeah, that's bad. I yeah, mean, was, people I mean, fought uh, hard. I mean, even back in the, like the 1880s, they were getting killed over unions, and it's gone. Yeah, from personal experience, it was funny because I was reading all these guys talking shit about how terrible unions are. And don't get me wrong, of course, there's corruption, of course, there's which happens stuff, every time. But like, I think about my life, and you know, I probably couldn't do history on fire had it not been for unions. And the reason being is, I have never landed and at this point i wouldn't want to land a full-time gig teaching college i have two part-time ones which together add up to full-time but they are part-time now part-time if it wasn't for unions we wouldn't have medical insurance and so without medical insurance teaching a couple of classes here a couple of classes there now it's a lot of work but if it in terms of hours you probably work more than a full-timer but you don't get all the benefits all this stuff Unions, in my experience, have done the shit that allows me not to have the stress about it, where I do have medical insurance by doing this stuff, which then allows me to have the time to try to work on History on Fire and my little bit of time left. So they collect the hours that you do between the two schools and all that is paid no, towards... even in one school, mm-hmm. as long as you're teaching two courses... Oh, it's enough to... You stay... get medical. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a big deal, because two courses don't pay you much, yeah. you know? You have a couple, like I actually have, I think, six courses total, like three and three. But even that doesn't pay you that much. But if you add the three and three plus medical insurance taken care of, okay, that's a big deal. If there wasn't medical insurance, which is, again, was a union battle in schools, uh, the whole thing would be very, very, the whole outlook would look very different for me. So in my personal experience for what it worked for me, super helpful. Yeah, I've never. I've, I've strived to be with enough hours on union jobs out here, and yep. on the two occasions when you get it, straight, awesome. get some glasses, everybody. Time for the dentist. Yep, exactly. you get everything checked out, top to bottom, while you have to, and that stuff's like senator level quality insurance yeah. for the motion picture industry. Yeah, I mean, even when it's okay, it's a whole like. 
Savannah once took Isabella to the dentist and Isabella is on my insurance. And she was like, holy shit, these people have uh, a waiting room. These people have uh, clean instruments. You know, I'm used to like the ghetto dentist who's like <sighs> the butcher who's like looking at her like, ah, that teeth, I see three of those, but I think I'll pull the one in the middle. And, <laughs> you know, so she was like, holy shit, you guys have been made with this thing of having insurance. I don't know. It's... We've got choices to make at this point, and it's either a world where we're going to take care of each other or we're going to let 40 people have most of everything and let everybody else suffer. I mean, it doesn't seem to be too far from tilting one way or the other. You must be a communist who want to send everybody in the gulags because clearly those are the only two alternatives. You're either a Stalin or you are for unregulated capitalism in yeah. every possible way. Neo-feudalism there's, there's is what that is. Obviously nothing in between. Yeah, there is something in between. That's what's crazy. But yeah. that requires sharing. And so they were, um, what's her name? Alexandria uh, Ocasio-Cortez. Oh, yeah. yeah. Calling for the uh, 70% taxation. Yeah. But Which, by the way, most people have no idea what it means because they think that it means 70% on all your income. No, it's after clearly, 10 million. Yeah, exactly. Which it's I've said for a long time, you know, thing. in a country where they're so damned to, to, to figure out a minimum wage... And leave people at one that doesn't even give you enough to get through the day, a maximum wage isn't a terrible idea. Yeah, it's funny, man. It's, uh, but it's funny how this conversation always end up being, uh, they follow, I mean, it's the same pattern that follows most conversation, but where their dualistic mentality is pitting one extreme view against another extreme view and not considering the fact that there's a lot of room in between where you can find a decent balance. Yeah. It's like, you are, you know, unless you are ultra right wing, then you are clearly Stalin. And it's like, I don't like either, you know, I, I'm not advocating communism sucks. Yeah. But so does what you are pitching. So how about we find something that doesn't suck? Well, the, the, I'm going to say it quietly, but we've been, I've been calling out corporations since we started this. The, of course. The capital, the capitalism is a failure. Yeah, because I mean, all the way, but a very few people. Yeah, because the way it's set up is uh, very, you know, there's that uh, revolving door between private business and government yep. where there's a scratch your back, you scratch mine kind of thing. And so you find uh, it's the same game that has always been played. Is That's why I like the title Game of Thrones, because that's what it's about, right? Yep. It's about that naked uh, struggle for power with morality and all those other things are just bullshit fairy tale that you tell people while it's really just a struggle for resources and it's kind of ugly there are better ways to live and speaking of which next time we do one i want to let's talk about bhutan yes I was i'm excited about this doing my homework on bhutan and the country that has uh, doesn't just measure the gdp but me measure gross national happiness i think that's something that we can go for so Let's chat about some of the positive examples. We'll play with Bhutan. That's a fantastic idea. I'm already looking forward to it. Well, the funky music means one thing, and that's the end of another fine episode of the Drunken Taoist Podcast. That was pretty spiffy. It always fun. Rant, uh, rant heavy, but they weren't really rants. No, I enjoy our conversations. They are always enjoyable, fun. Uh, quick thank you to the sweet folks who have donated to us. Ah. Let the pottering begin. Always appreciated. Thank you to Miss Lisa Robles, James Cole, Jim D'Amico, and Matt Chebre. I'm sure more guys will be donating in the days to come, but this is in between the episode. This is what we got. Thank you, sweet folks. Yes, thank you. Much appreciated. Other way to support us, if you use Amazon, please use our Amazon link. doesn't cost you anything, and it helps us a whole bunch. So that's always a good thing. Anything else we need to mention? Just Daisy House, thanks for the awesome music for all these years. Uh, go to Bandcamp slash Daisy House to check out the records that they have available. You can buy a single for 99 cents, a record for like $8. Go ahead and check them out. they got some interesting sort of eclectic blend of uh, cool pop and rock music 
of different types. Sweet. And of course, thank you to our sponsors, Omnit.com, Datsusara, and Shore Design. They are always awesome. Plus the folks that I, I give some shout outs in the open. Uh, if you need coffee, if you need meat, if you need uh, wine. That'd be about everything. That's all you, you need. I know all the basics. A tour to Italy, <laughs> all of the good stuff. It's I mentioned it at the open and it's in the episode notes. So if you are in the market for such things, please check it out. And with that, it's a wrap. Have a good day, everybody. <laughs>